Come, Holy Spirit, come by the most powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. I imagine that's not what the apostles were expecting. They were in the upper room, we believe, on that first Sunday evening. The door was locked. They were afraid. And Jesus appears to them for that first time as a group, and he doesn't chastise them or berate them or tell them how disappointed he was in them because they hadn't really uh, stuck with him in his hour of need. They were struggling with, with doubt and uncertainty. They, they didn't even initially kind of believe that he has truly risen. And I think sometimes we kind of expect God to have that kind of attitude of just, just kind of disappointed in us. It's not what Jesus says. He says, peace be with you. And then a week later, he appears to them as a group for the second time. And if you notice, the gospel said that the door was still locked. Even a week later, after Jesus had already appeared to them, they were still kind of struggling with their fear. And in the midst of that fear, perhaps that little bit of guilt or shame or doubt or uncertainty, confusion, what are we supposed to be doing? Jesus says to them again, peace be with you. And that's what he wants to say to us in the midst of our fears and our, our doubts and our confusions, perhaps our, our guilt or our shame, our uncertainty. He speaks to us and he says, peace be with you. Because one of the most fundamental truths is that if we're with Jesus, then everything is going to be okay. There's nothing that he can't handle. He conquered sin and death. He rose from the dead. He is the Lord of lords and King of kings. And if we are with him, then he wants to share with us his peace to drive away the fear and the doubt and the uncertainty and the worry. There's another aspect of, of these two resurrection appearances that, that I want to reflect upon you, uh, with you, uh, this Sunday, this Divine Mercy Sunday. You notice that first time, right after Jesus had said, uh, peace be with you, it says that he showed them his hands and his side. And then Thomas kind of famously said, well, unless I see the wounds, unless I see the marks of the nail, put my finger in his hand and my hand in his side, then I will not believe. And so when Jesus appears again, he says to Thomas, look, see my wounds, put your finger in the nail mark, I put your hand into my side where the spear pierced my heart. Jesus still has his wounds, even though he's risen and glorified. Why? Why wouldn't he get rid of those? Why would he still have them? It was freely chosen by him that he would still have the marks of his passion. I think there's a, a profound spiritual truth in that regarding him, but also for us. 
So I think we can give a number of reasons. His, his wounds are, are what help identify him to convince the apostles that it's truly him. They knew he was crucified. And the signs, the marks of his wounds are part of his identity, part of his story. He is the crucified Savior. And he doesn't just get rid of that because those wounds are also his glory. Jesus referred to his passion as the hour of his glory. They are the, the revelation, the sign of what he underwent, of what he was willing to suffer, of the love that he showed us. They're the proof of his love, that he truly redeemed us by his own suffering and passion. His wounds as well are are the source of our salvation. I think this ties in so well with with the the image and the message of divine mercy, Uh, these two rays coming out from the pierced heart of our Savior, white and red, representing baptism and the Eucharist. It is from the pierced heart of Jesus that our salvation uh, comes. And we can continue to go back to that source of our salvation. We can continue to run to his merciful heart, to his wounds, to receive healing and grace and forgiveness. They are the assurance for us that we have been forgiven, that we have been redeemed, that there is hope for us of eternal life. And so Jesus doesn't just get rid of them. Now, they are in a mysterious way healed. It's not like Jesus is is still bleeding from those wounds or or like they're still causing him physical pain. He is is glorified. His body is is no longer susceptible to those injuries or, or those sufferings. But he still has the marks. And so they're healed, but they're still there in a sense. But they're redeemed. They're glorified. And I think this is where there's a beautiful message for us as well. Because we can first acknowledge, and we need to, and we all know it, that we too are wounded. That we too are broken and hurting in so many different ways. All of us, in one way or another, in big ways or in small ways, have experienced betrayal, abandonment, Rejection, hatred, calumny, people lying about us, people disrespecting us, abuse, neglect. So has Jesus. He knows what it is to experience those wounds. He himself experienced them to the full. He took on the totality of human suffering. He knows what it's like. He can relate to us in our wounds, in our sufferings, in our pains. And when we go to Him and show Him our wounds, He shows us His. And together, united with Him, there can be a real healing, a real restoration. Now, our healing of those wounds is going to be a bit similar to Jesus's. When He heals us, It's not like those things just are erased as if they never happened. Because they're part of our story. God doesn't undo the past. It's still there in a sense. But when we bring it to Jesus and allow him to heal us, then those wounds are no longer a source 
of pain and suffering, of anger, of resentment, of bitterness. In the midst of them, we are at peace because through the power of God and of his mercy, they can be restored. They can, in a sense, be glorified. They become part of the story of our own redemption. This is what Jesus wants to do for us, particularly, I think, on this Feast of Divine Mercy. And there's only one way for this to happen, is for us to run to him, to go to his pierced heart, to go to his heart of mercy and ask him for his grace to, to forgive us, to heal us, to restore us, to help us forgive so that we can be at peace. That's what he longs for us. And he offers it to all of us. And then once we have received his mercy, his forgiveness, his healing, we can then be instruments and channels of that mercy to one another. To bring about the healing of our relationships, our families, our communities, our world. It's only possible through the mercy and grace of our Lord. I want to leave you with uh, something I learned in seminary. It's a piece of advice that a priest gave us. And, and to this day, I consider it one of the greatest things that I learned in seminary. One of the best pieces of advice that I got. Now, I've failed to live it many, many times in my priesthood, and I'm sure I will in the future. But I, I still remember it as something that needs to guide how I live my life. And I offer it to you as well, because I think it's, it's true for all of us. Five words. It's pretty easy to remember. People are messy. Be gentle. People are messy. Be gentle. I don't know if you knew this or not, but you're a mess. And so am I. We all are. We are all broken and wounded in so many different ways. And Jesus is gentle with us. He is compassionate and patient and merciful. And he wants us to have that same attitude and mindset towards ourselves and towards others. Be gentle with yourself. We have such a tendency to be so critical and hard on ourselves and beat ourselves up for our failures and our sins and our weaknesses. That's not how Jesus wants us to live. Yes, we do need to acknowledge where there is sin and repent, but with compassion and gentleness towards ourselves. You know, so often we carry around shame and guilt for our mistakes or our failures, or often it's because we fail to live up to some unrealistic ideal of perfection. No, be gentle with yourselves as Jesus is gentle with you. And then be gentle with one another. Every person you encounter every day of your life, they're a mess too. They are wounded and hurt and broken. They're dealing with things that you might not be aware of. They're struggling. Be gentle, compassionate, merciful. That is how Jesus asks us to live. That is part of the message of divine mercy. It's not just that our sins have been forgiven, but it's also how we're called to live to be instruments of that forgiveness and mercy, to bring about healing and restoration in our own lives through the mercy of God, but also in the lives of one another. So 
Never forget, people are messy. Be gentle.